to the Vicor Powering Innovation Podcast, where we discuss world-changing innovations. I'm Steve Germino, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Ducey. Our guest today is Ed Lovelace, Chief Technology Officer of Ampere. Ampere's mission is to reduce emissions and to be the world's most trusted developer of practical and compelling electrified aircraft. A very high bar indeed. Joe, in terms of going green and pushing for cleaner, lower emissions energy, the auto industry is really top of mind. I mean, if you watched the Super Bowl at all this year and you saw the ads, there were just a ton of them. But surprisingly, not very far behind in this race for clean energy is the aviation industry. Yeah, right now the headlines are screaming about, you know, the automotive electric vehicle revolution. But, you know, the true innovation and bigger impact to the environment is aviation electrification. There are so many economical and environmental reasons why it makes sense to shift from gas-powered aircraft engines to electric. For instance, did you know that 2.5% of all global carbon emissions come from air travel? That number is expected to triple by 2050. In addition to the obvious environmental benefits, electric engines could reduce aviation fuel costs by up to 90% and reduce maintenance by 50% and noise pollution by a whopping 70%. And one last stat to leave with you, gas-fueled aircraft engines require a routine overall every 2,000 hours, while electric engines can go as long as 20,000 between overalls. Okay, Joe, those are some real stat geek numbers right there, but I will say they're very telling nonetheless. Good stuff. So when you compare automotive to aviation, you would assume they'd be worlds apart in terms of how they're powered, but you know they're actually a lot closer than you'd imagine when it comes to the electrification subsystems and some of the underpinning paradigms. One of the obvious similarities is both need power-dense products. As usual, you're spot on, Steve. Whether you are driving an electric car or flying an electric plane, the fundamental principles of power delivery are the same. To make electric flight possible, you need to get the most out of your onboard batteries and the smallest available space. The biggest challenge for electrified planes is time of flight, which is directly affected by expected battery life and payload. That's why it's so important to use a power delivery network that offers you the highest power density and highest efficiency. Yeah, there's no shortage these days of hot takes on electrification. It seems like everyone's trying to get a kick at that can. But Ampere really has a great story to tell. So let's not delay. Let's listen into the conversation between Ed and Robert. Hi, this is Robert Gendron here from Vicor, and today we are joined by Ed Lovelace from Ampere, who is their Chief Technology Officer. Ed, welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks. It's great to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about Ampere and its operations? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ampere is headquartered at Hawthorne Airport in Los Angeles and been in operation for over five years, over 30 employees, growing rapidly. As we've talked about, we have been flight testing for several years. We do a lot of our local flight testing operations out of another airport north of Los Angeles in Camarillo. What's great about the location where we are developing is it's an aerospace cluster, as well as an electrified aviation cluster and uh, electrification cluster, which allows us to draw from a lot of talent in the area. We love being located in this neighborhood and we expect to be able to really grow the company from the Los Angeles Basin. So Ed, I think everyone's familiar with the electric automobiles, but probably not everyone is aware of electric aircraft. 
Can you comment how this has come about and, and what's going on in this area? Sure. There's a lot of parallels between the development of electrified ground vehicles and the new dawn that we're seeing in electrified aircraft. A lot of the same subsystems and electrified powertrain solutions that have been developed for ground vehicles over the past two or three decades, they're going to apply in some form or another for electrified aircraft. So it's pretty natural if you step back and look at it that evolution moving towards electrification happened on the ground first, and now we're starting to see it in the air. How did Ampere start in this space? Ampere started just over five years ago, and again, the mission really since the beginning has to become the world's most trusted developer of practical and compelling electrified aircraft from short-haul cargo to supersonic transport. And they had a vision of a future where the technology had matured enough to have large-scale, long-range zero emission aircraft available to consumers around the world. And what's happened over the past five years, of course, is starting to lay the foundations and then the roadmap for how we get there. Of course, we're aware of the electric eel, but for everyone else, can you talk about your first aircraft that you have right now? Sure. So as you mentioned, the electric eel is a hybrid electric conversion of a a Cessna Skymaster 337 that we've been using for development and flight testing over the past couple of years. But what we have announced just last year is our first commercial intent product, which is a hybrid electric Cessna Grand Caravan. And that, of course, is a conventional aircraft that's manufactured by Textron Aviation. And our strategy is to develop that into a hybrid electric upgrade for the powertrain and, of course, some of the subsystems that will electrify and bring that to the market in the next few years. And that will be done using what's called the supplemental type certificate process with the FAA and then, of course, with other regulator systems around the world. So then these are for short-haul commercial flights, or how would you characterize the application of this aircraft? Yeah, the market that we're talking about is the regional air mobility market. And more recently, for those who've been following some of the news and new technology and new markets for aviation, it's often referred to as the advanced regional air mobility market. And that targets the 50 to 500 mile range of cleaner, lower emission aircraft that will operate primarily out of the small regional airports around North America and then, of course, around the rest of the world. The major point here is that there are over 5,000 small regional airports around the U.S. that are underutilized. And the main barrier for that utilization level has really been the cost of operation of smaller aircraft. They just are a little bit too expensive to bring ticket prices down enough to draw more consumers into that usage case. So in addition to providing uh, a cleaner aircraft, the other key attribute that we need to deliver eventually to the market is a lower operating cost aircraft, because that's how we really grow that piece of the market and the other companies that are interested in that market with cleaner electrified aircraft. 
So Ed, in addition to the cost of operation, are there other advantages with the electrification of an aircraft? Oh, sure. Yeah. So once you start moving down the electrification path and you start replacing gas engine power plants with electric motors and power electronics, they're much more amenable to being packaged in different parts of the aircraft, being split up into distributed propulsion solutions. Once you're then looking at distributed propulsion, you can start to look at reimagining how the entire aircraft is designed. All of these things will result in more aero-efficient aircraft design opportunities, lower noise opportunities, and of course, the zero emission eventual target once you get to fully electric solutions. So in electrifying an aircraft, you know, as you said, you've started with, let's say, a Cessna, which is a gas aircraft to start with. What challenges have you had to overcome in that area? Like with any new market development, there isn't a mature supply chain for everything that we need for electrifying an aircraft. There's certainly a lot of matured supply chain that we can draw on from the hybrid and electric vehicle market, but there are changes that need to happen to make them appropriate, both for prototyping and development, but then more importantly for a certification and commercial introductions. Those are some of the challenges that we've run into. Also, while we talk about the strategy and the ability to move into the market quickly by modifying existing aircraft, it doesn't come without its own challenges where you're trying to work around an existing pretty well-optimized aircraft design and you know, finding the space for the new components that you're going to be adding to it. Mm-hmm. And how does it compare? And what I mean by that is that when you think of a aircraft running on batteries, I guess first thing comes to mind is what's the weight of that aircraft you know, versus a conventional gas aircraft? Yeah, that is the rub. So if you think about the last couple decades and even going back to the 90s and the introduction of the Prius and then the way ground vehicles have evolved over that time going from the Prius to uh, larger plug-in hybrid vehicles, and then eventually over the last decade to fully electric vehicles that are at a price point where at least some consumers can afford them. A lot of that was driven by both battery cost and battery volumetric density. Uh, <laughs> we're getting into technical terms here, of course, but volumetric density meaning the space it takes up inside the vehicle. That obviously goes a long weight, but for ground vehicles, the real challenge they had was where do we fit this? And if you look at the way those have evolved over time, now a lot of the fully electric vehicles have this kind of skateboard design where the battery packs just fill the entire space underneath the vehicle in what they call a skateboard design. When you move into the air, of course, we are maybe less challenged by the volume, but we're incredibly challenged by the weight. And so you're going to see a similar evolution that you saw over the last few decades from the Prius to the fully electric Tesla Model 3, where the first aircraft that are introduced are going to have higher weight or higher gravimetric density. And in particular, if you look at the hybrid aircraft that are introduced, you're going to see them using what's called a milder hybrid or low energy storage solution, because that'll enable them to keep the weight down, keep the passenger count and payload capacity up, and keep the full range that you had with the conventional aircraft. 
And that was the beauty of the way the ground vehicle industry emerged over those first 10 years is you had practical ground vehicles that had no range anxiety concerns because they were doing things like peak shaving and optimizing the way the gas power plants worked in those vehicles. And that's the strategy that Ampere is taking. And then the batteries that you do use, these are similar to electric automobile at the 400 volt level or what voltage did they run at? Sure. Again, these are some of the many examples of how we're leveraging what's been developed and matured in the ground vehicle industry. So over time, the ground vehicle industries have moved from that, honestly started at the 250 volt range, went to about the 450 volt range. And now most of the new vehicle introductions you see today are running on an 800 volt bus. So that's where we're starting. So we're taking advantage of all of the advancements that have happened over the past couple decades and starting from the gate with an 800 volt bus solution. And of course, what that does for you is that allows you to reduce the weight of all of the power distribution around the vehicles. If you think about this, all of the cables that distribute the AC and DC power around the vehicle electric network they're all rated by how much current they carry. If you're operating at a higher voltage, that's lower current, it's lighter weight cables. Mm-hmm. And I think as Vicor, we help you in that area, right? As far as the conversion from that primary battery? Absolutely. And so we take advantage today with some of the components that have been matured for other industries from companies like Vicor that allow us to take power off the 800 volt bus and distribute that down to some of the auxiliary loads that we need to support at the 28-volt bus level, in some cases at a 12-volt bus level. Ed, we ever see the larger commercial carriers adopt electric aircraft? Yeah, so that that is the uh, $100 million question, right? The answer, of course, is maybe. And I'm certainly hopeful and excited about what we can bring to transport class aircraft at some point in the future. But of course, that has to be practical. Obviously, table stakes is it has to meet all of the safety requirements that are required for transport class aircraft. But if you think about the way those aircraft operate, they operate for thousands of miles with hundreds of passengers And if you think about the energy density comparison between Jet A and where battery storage is today, it's a significant difference. It's more than 50 times more energy dense for liquid fuel than it is for current technology batteries. Now, that's offset by the efficiency of electric powertrains. Obviously, gas engines are relatively inefficient compared to transmitting energy across high voltage electric cables from a motor to power electronics to a propeller or fan shaft. So the net energy difference really comes in more like about 25 to one, but that's still tremendous. So when you think about trying to carry hundreds of passengers for thousands of miles, it doesn't seem like there's a direct line to a future there. But there are a lot of levers that are being researched, developed, and matured that we expect to see over the next decade or or multiple decades. Some are more mature than others at this point. So first off, battery storage. Battery storage is continuing to go through technical development and invention. 
Today's batteries are around 200 watt hours per kilo at the pack level with cells that are approaching 300 watt hours per kilo packaged in those batteries. There's already next generation batteries that are constructed from solutions like uh, lithium metal, lithium sulfur, solid state that are already seeing test results in the laboratory and paths towards commercialization to get us to about 500 watt hours, watt hours per kilo, so two and a half times better than where it is today in the commercial arena. But in order to talk about zero emission aircraft at the transport class level, we need to be talking over a thousand watt hours per kilo with completely reimagined aircraft designs. And when you talk about that, you're really talking about future energy storage solutions that are really at the laboratory scale level. So things like lithium air, which has incredible theoretical potential, but when you start to package it into cells and complete solutions, it of course drops down in its gravimetric density. The other avenue that's being pursued by a number of companies are hydrogen-based solutions. There's a range of challenges and opportunities there. Again, what's your source of hydrogen? How's the conversion done? How's it stored on the aircraft? But this is all technology areas that are part of Ampere's future. And all of the building blocks and solutions that we're developing are going to be amenable to these alternative energy storage solutions as they mature and start to make sense, both from an infrastructure standpoint and a price point standpoint. The last element that I want to throw in there, of course, is SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuels. This is a whole class of fuels that is available today. A scaling is being worked on. And this really gives us an opportunity in a shorter time frame to really think about low emission transport class aircraft that will have a combination of using gas power plants, using SAF sustainable aviation fuels, and a combination with electrified powertrain components in hybrid aircraft that will have very low emission capabilities. In addition, we can start to talk about what's called renewable fuels, which are made from feedstocks of various sources, which can result in net zero carbon emissions at the life cycle level. So these are all the ways we can start to attack some of those larger transport aircraft solutions. And Ed, what's next for Ampere? So as we talked about a little bit earlier, our vision is a complete roadmap of a range of different aircraft. Again, starting from the mild hybrid aircraft to more larger batteries in what would be equivalent to a, a plug-in hybrid type of application from the ground vehicle industry, and then eventually moving towards zero emission aircraft. Along that route, we'll move to larger aircraft. So we're talking now about nine-seater and five-seater aircraft. The next evolution will be moving to 19-seater and then up to 50-seater aircraft. And then the other evolution is today we're starting with converting existing conventional aircraft and eventually we'll move along the line towards more clean sheet designs where we're doing uh, more significant optimization and customization of the wing designs and then eventually fully clean sheet aircraft.
Wow. Well, we've been talking to Ed Lovelace, CTO of Ampere, a pioneer in the electric aircraft space. Ed, I'd like to thank you for your time and thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure and look forward to talking with folks again about this exciting new market. All right. Thank you, Ed. After listening to that, Joe, I guess I'm waxing poetic a little bit, kind of thinking of a famous quote that goes something like this. If I've seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, I didn't realize how much of aviation's electrification progress was actually borrowed from the legacy of automotive electrification. Yeah, we're just taking another cue from our automotive counterparts. The aviation industry is exploring other alternative fuel sources to advance electric flight, which include hydrogen fuel cells. There are several large aviation companies like Airbus investing a lot of money to prove out this theory. You know, theoretically, hydrogen fuel cells can extend the range of flight when burns clean energy. But until we develop better technology, it appears that Ampere will remain focused on the shorter distance opportunities. And there are plenty of those because approximately 50% of all flights globally have routes that are 500 miles or 800 kilometers or less, which are expected to be achievable by electric flight by 2025. Good point. And that's really at the heart of Ampere's business plan. The other imperative that I find so admirable about Ampere is that they have really put a stake in the ground about making their aircrafts clean powered and they are measuring their progress. Ultimately, the goal here is to achieve zero emissions across the board. You know, and Ampere has taken a giant step forward in proving that electric flight is not only possible, it is essential to help shape the future of aviation and air travel for the foreseeable future. Instead of the old United Airlines tagline that I can remember because I'm so old, come fly the friendly skies, we'll soon be saying, fly the greener, guilt-free skies. Yeah, I feel like we're just about there. These are innovative times, and they certainly keep things interesting. Well, that's all we have time for today. That's a wrap. So until next time, I'm Steve Germino with my co-host, Joe Ducey. Thanks for tuning in to the Vicor Powering Innovation Podcast. Mm-hmm.